but the danger with saying these things and not accurately defining them is that things that are very much not of the kingdom and are very much not of Jesus get parsed into there. And that's where we see people being able to justify um, really heinous and um, anti-kingdom things with the Bible. Welcome to the Garden Restored podcast, a series of dialogues that draw us back to Jesus and into the abundance of heaven on earth. Remember, beloved, the kingdom is here and it is within. Saying something is biblical. That term means nothing, frankly. It's like (laughs) corporate jargon or just a word that is overused. It doesn't mean anything. Almost like how we say godly. This person's so godly. What do we mean by that? Um, If you ask a person, they probably will list off some like, oh, they go to church or they talk about God or different things like that that focus on a lot of doing and not necessarily the being and the fruits of the spirit. But if somebody says that person is like Jesus, you know that they're not saying they sit in church every week, they read the Bible every day, blah, blah, blah. But they're saying they display a supernatural peace, a supernatural love, a supernatural forbearance, right? Godly and biblical uh, kind of linked together in that way where they're just these glib catch-all phrases that we use I think a lot of times because we have not sat down and separated the canon of scripture from the living word. Saying something is biblical really means it's of the Bible and in the Bible there are so many things that we do not want to reproduce. There are things that Jesus came to deliver us from right that are present in the Bible and so to say something is biblical um can mean any and everything. And it's an ineffective way of communicating what we're trying to say, right? Using this kind of terminology typically shows that we have not wrestled with the realities of what scripture is to us and who God really is and what does it actually mean to be godly and like Christ? Because those things should be the same. Um, I think we have some fragmentation with that sometimes and it's hard to understand because we look at the, the God of the Old Testament and we look at Jesus and they seem kind of distant. I'll do another video on that um, sometime. But all that being said, um, these words matter because one, they're often a red flag for us to say, hmm, I have not thought through the implications of these words that I that are that are important. And um, two, especially as we seek to truly display Christ to the world, when we start throwing these words around and applying them to situations and people who are really not emulating Christ or the kingdom, people get hurt and the name of Christ is defamed. There are so many men who people have called godly men who are doing wickedness in the secrecy of their home. But the funny thing is when you when you read into their life, you're like, you you weren't quite like Jesus. Like, And none of us are exactly like Jesus, but um, there was a blatant, blatant juxtaposition between the trajectory of your behavior and the trajectory of the behavior of somebody who is trying to emulate this humble, meek king and savior. When we're not careful with our words and we apply these terms uh, liberally into situations that are not accurate, the outside world looks in and says, so this is your godly person. So this is biblical. Um, You know, slavery is biblical. Polygamy is biblical. Rape is biblical. It's all in the Bible. We need to be so crystal clear what is kingdom and what is not and it doesn't have to be that word if you want to say biblical then say biblical but making personally i think that word is so overused that um it's ineffective but if you want to use it then at least you be clear on the definition be able to articulate that to people um i think that as we 
in the Western church really, Western evangelical church, I'll speak specifically, when we take the scales off our eyes and reattune ourselves to Jesus, not Paul, not Peter, not Daniel, not Jeremiah, but to Jesus. And we, we start there afresh and we say, okay, who is Jesus? Because Jesus is the crux of my faith. Everything else is secondary to the personhood of Jesus, right? Who is Jesus? Because Jesus, if, if, if I believe what I'm saying, Jesus is God. And in looking at Jesus, I will know exactly who God is. And I'll know exactly who I am supposed to be, be becoming. And I will know exactly what his kingdom looks like in heaven and on earth. And so these words, godly, biblical, let's just, when we catch ourselves thinking them or getting ready to say them, let's pause and reflect and say, what do we really mean? And am I, is my mind and spirit tuned towards Jesus or towards this kind of nebulous religious ecosystem that I've existed in, that I'm comfortable with, right? The road is narrow, um, essentially. That's extreme paraphrase, but we've, I think we've all heard that. And it's easy to think that means like, oh, only the strictest and pure, like the most um, rigid of us will make it. But the, mo the more I see it, the more I'm like, oh my goodness, no, it is so easy to fall into religion. It's so easy to want to follow rules. There's so many religious systems and worldviews where it's all about following rules. We love that as humans because it's like, give me a checkbox, I'll check it off, and I'll know I'm in good standing. But what is so much harder is that relationship and that and pulling away from the desire to fall into Babylon thinking, empire thinking, which says um, power over and... Um, you know, uh, do this and you get this and um, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, really the natural inclination and the natural outgrowth of um, a lot of human systems. It, the way is narrow and hard because our, we, are, we gravitate towards this black and white absolutism, um, desiring to keep people out and to stay on top and to do all these things. And it's hard and th the way is, is beautiful and it's glorious um but it's countercultural, you know um and so i leave you with that and i leave you with um the encouragement that there is so much abundance and beauty available in the here and now i pray that you do not do not live your life hoping for heaven but i pray that you begin to bring heaven down to earth today